Hey, welcome to the Street Shot Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio, and Tom is in school today, so he is not around. But uh, this is our episode, this is our 37th episode, and I was so lucky to get my friend and photographer, Keith Goldstein, to join me on this show. So we're going to do uh, an interview with my friend Keith. Keith, how are you hey. doing? Great. Hey, Tony, thanks for having me. Thanks Great so much to- for being here. This is I'm great. really... Uh, Really happy to be here. Yeah. And uh, so everybody, I know Keith, actually, Keith, you are probably, I'm pretty sure, uh, like a handful of people I've known the longest in my life. (laughs) It's it's getting... uh, Yeah, let's not not eat this. Okay, yeah. Who is is president? Yeah, I don't know. There was... (laughs) Oh my God, what are the presidents? Um, everybody, I, I met Keith, uh, a long, well, a while ago <laughs> and, uh, we worked together at a stock photo agency called the image bank. And at the time it was the largest stock photo agency in the world. It no longer exists. I don't even think it exists as a brand at Getty anymore. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, we worked together as photo editors and it, it's been a long time. And so it's also been a long time. I've wanted Keith on our show and basically, it was just me trying to get my act together to start creating a schedule. So here he is. And I don't know, like, you know, Tom's usually the better interviewer. So I'm going to try, you know, because I just want to chat with you and like have a beer, right? <laughs> but we want, Let's, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm going to apologize beforehand just in case you hear some background uh, noise. That's my six year old uh, who probably be barging in here any moment well, that's say, perfect say goodnight that's good because the background noise that i hear generally is streets you know and, and ambulances so i'd rather hear kids and <laughs> i think everybody's used to the street noises because this is yeah, street the, shots yeah the, neighbor, the neighborhood is quiet tonight maybe because it's so cold outside yeah uh, and, yeah it's it's pretty cold here in new york so but you know let's get started i i've i've really you know prepping up for the show i i dived into your work you know i see your work all the time it's popping up on my instagram feed and facebook because we're friends and you know i see in, in twitter and stuff like that so i'm seeing your stuff all the time but just you know getting ready for this show i decided to like okay i'm gonna do you know uh keith goldstein concentrate you know i just <laughs> i just went into your page and just looked in your pictures and so everybody keith keith is um to me one of the you know best street photographers and i know you don't like that phrase and i'm not sure what to say yeah i don't know i don't know what they would call it in the old days i I used to hear this term back uh around the time when icp was formed um they uh i mean icp the international center of photography Photography. they used to call it the concerned photographer (laughs) and uh i mean the only thing i'm concerned about is you know i get i'm doing my thing and getting the pictures I want to take. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah. they, they had larger ambitions about uh, changing the world and hopefully through pictures and changing how people treated people through pictures. So if, if that happens in any of our, uh, through any of our images, that's, that's a great aside. So. Yeah, they, I agree a hundred percent. You're, you know, let's let's just dive into a couple of your subjects. The first one that I think you're probably 
maybe most well known for is the series of shots that you're doing around the World Trade Center uh, called Looking On. Mm-hmm. How did that start? Well, um, I still, uh, unfortunately, have to have a day job. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> so um, a company I was working for and working with and still work with, um, they were located down on uh, on Broad Street, actually. So, you know, you get your hour for lunch break and I love to just kind of walk around and seeing what I could see, seeing where, where, uh, my, my feet can take me. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've always done and I'll always have a camera with me. And I started walking over to, um, uh, the site of where the word right. world trade towers ground zero as they look right. Call ground it, which zero. I, really, I really hate that phrase, but same here. Yeah. And, but I'm uh, that. We get that. That could be a whole other yeah. podcast in <laughs> and of itself. So I saw, I started walking around and I started noticing these images after a while downloading from my car to my computer of the tourists. And I just kind of, I didn't. I can't say I made a con, a real ultra conscious decision for a while, mm-hmm. but it just started happening more and more where it did become a, a conscious decision to photograph them, but photograph them in a way uh, to show their reaction to the whole site. Mm-hmm. Building of the new Freedom Tower, uh, still seeing some of the remnants from the World Trade Center site. There's also the museums down there. There's a lot of things to remind one of what was there and what was uh, being replaced with. So, so you um, know, I used to go down there too. I was kind of obsessed by it after 9-11. Yeah. And I would go there and I was struck also by you know people who were showing up looking at basically nothing exactly i i I think that's the thing you know a lot of people go there and they i mean at that time now there's now there's a building but in the beginning there was nothing it was just they were building the foundation there's still a, a huge hole two holes in the ground and people would come and like well where did where was it i mean it was it here was it there people had no idea what they were supposed to be looking at or what to expect and then some people would just look in awe at the empty space and begin to cry you know maybe all of a sudden they were remembering something Mm -hmm. either what happened that day or they might have known someone who worked in the towers that that perished i i don't know but it's kind of walking around through that and trying to notice and waiting for something to happen so you're first walking around you're taking pictures of people and then you're coming back and you've noticed hey they're all start they're all looking up at nothing Right. I started I noticing. Yeah. You know, I, I think the first shot that I really noticed something was there was a family. It was just a mother, mother, father, and a daughter. And they were just standing there in complete awe, jaws dropped, eyes wide open, looking up at the sky. And I think that was the first photo I realized that, ah, something's going on here. And that's what kind of set for me 
the whole series in motion. And I only did it as long as I had, was working down now. So I mm-hmm. did it over the period of two years. And then the bill, by then, by the time the company left, I was working for and moved uptown, the building was completed. And sometimes I'd walk over there and I, I just couldn't do anything. Either mm-hmm. the crowd was, was too thick or eventually in the end, it, the place became inundated with people selling souvenirs. Right, all those pictures. And, <laughs> yeah, I just, it, was, it really began to be too much. Yeah. And then some days I just kind of dove right in and so, kind of so, just let things happen. So you consider, do you consider that project done then? Yes, I did. I I have, I did go back a few times afterwards. And now that it's finished, I kind of felt I achieved what I wanted to. And I felt if I continued it, it would just, it would just be redundant. Really? That's interesting. What, what's the, what was your criteria? I'm really curious about that because I don't, I don't know. I think oh. it's the first time I ever felt like um, I had a project almost from beginning to end. Uh-huh. Maybe because it ended with the tower. So, in a sense, you're still recording, or at least up until you're finished, you're still recording the aftermath. I mean, it's still an yes. aftermath story that that you're capturing in your photographs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, the story continues because I went down there. And, you know, that now you can walk up to the, the reflecting pools. It doesn't cost yes. anything. It costs you to go to the museum. And I'm going there, and I'm, I'm blown away by the people taking selfies of themselves. Yes, yes. You know? And, again, yes. not to make this a, you know, well, it's my podcast, so I can say what the heck I want. <laughs> but, you know, um, it, it, you know, I want to say the inappropriateness, but it's like, you know, dude, you know, you don't need to prove that you were here in front of all these names and, you know, have a moment of silence, and uh, I know. I, I think know. anybody. I, was, I, 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 I think that in the end, that's what began to turn me off. Is because yeah. the tower, the Freedom Tower, was going up. The tourists just seemed to turn into something else. You know, I mean, everyone the selfie sticks started coming. Yeah, the selfie out. sticks hit me with your selfie sticks. Exactly. Anybody who's listened to me long enough has have known that I want to uh, beat people up with their selfie sticks. Oh, I just so. can't stand it. <laughs> and like, I, I just don't see. You could take a picture without having your face in every single shot, yeah, yeah. you know. So that um, so so that project's done for you. You feel yeah, it's complete? Somewhat. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to try and do something with it, but it's almost been um, a near. It's it's been a big hurdle, and I don't yeah. know why. I've had some things set up to show some curators, and they've all seemingly always find a way to cancel at the last moment and try and reschedule. Oh, you know, send me an email in a couple of weeks and we'll see what we can uh, try and do. And it's never happened. And now it's, you know, it's been a couple of years. And so you, uh, A couple of years ago, you were, Time Magazine interviewed you. Uh, yeah, it was still, it was still going. Yeah. And, you've uh, been on Petapixel. What am I got? Oh, here. Fast yeah. Code Design. I'll, I'll put all these links in the show notes, everybody, so you can see the... Uh, See the shots and the interviews, but fast, fast co-design, Petapixel, Inspired Eye, Time Magazine, The Edge of Humanity, at least twice uh, for different stories. So you've been pretty republished on 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 this story with yeah uh, that, the pictures. that that one really um, it was first got published 
via the Inspired Eye. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting an email uh, after the day after it was published saying that Petapixel is picking it up and watch out, it's about to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, what does he mean? <laughs> and, <the> next, <laughs> and like the next day it was on Petapixel. And then it was like all these, ma- I mean, I Googled it and I couldn't believe all these like even obscured, obs- very obscure magazines had, had picked it up and, and were, were showing it on their yeah. website. So the, and, pictures, uh, the pictures grabbed me in, in so many ways, especially because I'm a New Yorker. And you're a New Yorker. Yes. And, you know, we know the event and what's happened. And I've gone there and I've looked up at nothing. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's mainly you're capturing people in their thought process. You know, they're they're thinking, they're contemplating, they're grieving, like you said before. So it's um, – you've, you've covered the myriad of, of expression and um, uh, gesture – uh, of people who are, are visiting that area, although it seems like the majority of people who are there are tourists. So you're capturing people who, uh, I mean, actually you don't know, but I mean, from some of the pictures, it looks like they're tourists. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, I've heard. Uh, I think a lot of New Yorkers, I would have to say, who live downtown, probably I would say a vast majority have gone by. Well, we're, we're kind of territorial New Yorkers. We kind of stay in our little neighborhood sometimes. So. I'm going to segue into that because as you're as you're saying that I'm looking through your I'm scrolling through your pictures, and I do see you spend a lot of time in Chinatown. I love it, <laughs> and uh, there's a reason for it. Yeah. So wait, I'm going to just I'm going to I'm going to sort of narrate some stuff in pictures. I'm I'm looking at generally, you know, I see people sitting on the street. I see you stick your camera into people's faces, uh, which I think in Chinatown is quite. I want to say brave, or I don't know kind of it's it's kind of a challenge to shoot down there and i get i get close i get very close <laughs> you get very close yeah so let me let's go back to your pictures a sense okay. um i said more often more often than not you are in people's faces so one of the things when you see keith's pictures and you look at them he's like he's in their face one of the things i noticed is that you're not very you're not overly concerned with technical um you're more concerned with expression face uh let's see i was going through the the close-ups the people's eyes you know it's often you're focused on one person uh they're very very personal pictures i gotta say your stuff down in chinatown is really striking not that i think you've set up like a separate chinatown section you're sort of all over the place when you're photographing but the chinatown stuff really strikes me uh because i've been down there and it's really hard to photograph but it's funny funny you should say i do you know for myself organize my work in terms of neighborhoods. It's just the only way I, I could retrieve it. Right, <laughs> right. You know, or if I have to look for something. Right, there's a method to your madness yes. in some way, yeah. But uh, what's what's your experience when you're shooting down in Chinatown? Well, I love Chinatown. Uh, more than just the food, I think majority of people are really interesting. And I, occasionally I'll... I may get to chat with one of the elderly Chinese uh, gentlemen or something. Usually the women keep to themselves Mm -hmm. and and sometimes they don't speak English. But um, I still find Chinatown almost virtually unchanged as from the time when I was a small boy coming in, going down there with my parents for dinner. And there's not 
while there has been some gentrification, it's not overly overt. There's still a lot of hidden places, mm-hmm. a lot of hidden shops. Yep. And I just find it uh, just incredibly interesting. Maybe because it's, it's the closest thing to traveling outside of New York while still being in New York. Yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with you. What what are your uh, experiences with photographing the people? Are they? Um, I mean, you're getting up. You're getting up into people's faces, so yes, they know I, you're I, shooting up. But are you do like you, I, I'm, you I'm run and gun sneaky? Uh, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not that sneaky. I'm I'm quick. I, <laughs> I put it this way. I know. I I will. I'm constantly well. As any photographer, such as yourself, you're constantly always scanning. You mm-hmm. periphery everything, and I'll see something and I'll try and hone in on it and just pray. Sometimes just pray that please don't move. I have two steps to walk. <laughs> oh, please I know that. It. The street Please photographer's, have it be as it is The street now. photographer's prayer, right? Right. And uh, a lot of, you know, sometimes I get lucky, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. But I have to say, the only place I've ever been hit. You've been hit? <laughs> yes, Uh-oh. once. It was in Chinatown. <laughs> really? And it was, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. Because there's, um, if you go down any neighborhood regularly, maybe you don't know the people personally, mm-hmm. but you certainly begin to see the regulars. Mm-hmm. You begin to recognize faces and people. Oh, she's always on that corner. Right, oh, right. he's always sitting there, you know. Th- those two guys, three guys, are always at that table playing checkers or they're always sitting there on those milk crates smoking cigarettes under the Manhattan Bridge. You know, you always, there's something. Well, I walking up Mott Street, north on Mott Street, I, I tried to take a picture of this woman, and I've seen her before walking around, and she just whacked me on the on the bottom of my leg with her cane. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh, ouch. And uh, all, I, all I could do... I just laughed, not at her, but right, just at but the whole situation. situation. Like, stupid, you know. Yeah. I I should have known that out of anyone, I just had a feeling this woman was going to react in that split second the way she did, and she let me have it. Did you have a moment of regret? I know I've had that. No, no, no. Really? I, 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 didn't re- I didn't regret it. I just know that if I see her again, <laughs> I won't walk to the other side of the street, but I'll just walk by. Right. I may nod to her and, and smile, but um, so so people are knowing. You think people know that you're taking their picture? Uh, sometimes, yes. Sometimes, yeah. Yes, I know. I know that people have noticed, and some people say, "Hey," or I'm. I will if it's the circumstance is if it's there. I'll even ask. Mm-hmm. There are times I ask, but not not too often. I try not to. You're really trying to capture, and I and I'm like I resonate with this a lot. You're trying to capture. More often than not, people just in there being themselves, yeah? Or just being with, you know, being with like themselves. at that moment when they're kind of totally inside themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like you step into whatever it is they're in and you try and remain there. Yeah. And you try and get in there with them. And uh, so, so those are the kind of moments I, I kind of look for. Penetrating Chinatown is a difficult one. I mean, I, I guess. That's I guess. a, that's a, I want to say, 
I admire you for that stick to itiveness. Well, know. it's funny. I years ago I dated a, a, a Chinese woman, and she mentioned that I knew Chinatown better than she did. <laughs> so she's wow, you really know it. I, I, and it's just a matter of just walking around there for years. Yeah, There's still places I walk into, and they ask me, "What are you doing here? Can I help you?" Like mm-hmm. I notice, like there's a couple of malls underneath the bridge. Yeah. I've walked in them and I've had people come up to me and ask me virtually. Uh, I've, I've been oh, asked. You've once, had your ca- Does you have had your camera out? Um, or in my hand. Oh, okay. They, they've asked me to leave. Yeah. They said, what, what, do you, what do you want? You know, can we help you with something? I said, no, I'm just browsing. I've never been in here. And another time I walked in and someone asked me to leave. Did you leave? I said, no. I said, why? Oh, I said, yeah. You know. That's interesting. I said, oh, you wouldn't like it here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> let, let me get to another another neighborhood that is – actually, I've been, I've been wanting to ask you this question for a while. And I'm sure I could find it in your blog and whatnot, but I figured I'd leave it to, to now to find out. You, you shoot these shots in Midtown – in the neighborhood is you call it the tenderloin, and there's got to be a quick story about why the heck it's called the tenderloin. Well, the tenderloin is an area of the city that actually existed up until about the time of World War One and uh, a, a little point afterwards. It was the theater and red light district of New York City, and it kind of extended from. Um, Somewhere in the high 20s, all the way as far north as the 40s, almost over to uh, Hell's Kitchen on the west Uh and uh, Fifth Avenue on the east side. And, well, you know, what would be Fifth Avenue? Because Fifth Avenue. Chunk of area. Yes. And it was. place where to go for you know to meet with ladies of of dubious reputation <laughs> and we're all you know and somehow why that always gets associated with theater i don't know wow. maybe someone who knows theater history can explain why so, let me and ask you i, I love yeah, yeah. the older names of the neighborhoods so you're shooting I, you're shooting these shots the um people and you're calling it the tenderloin uh, why is that? I because I think it's more appropriate, uh, the people and what I'm trying to capture and what uh, the images have to say than, oh, this is uh, a nomad. Mm-hmm. You, know, what the, you know, nomad north of Madison Square Park. Oh, I mean, to me, that, that's, that's a, new, uh, a, new na- a new name for an area, you know, that for the real estate uh Right. Developers gave it. And I just find the older names to be much more interesting, have a lot of connotations and just subliminal suggestions that may add a layer to the images, you know, in, in, in and of, it, uh, of itself. Yeah. So what what's your uh, I mean, again, you're all over New York, but the, the ones that are in the tenderloin, what's your 
kind of what's your goal with that project or is it a project or is it just because it is it is a project but i love I, the name I, because I, I i don't yeah i know i get asked that all the time because people well i know the tenderloin in in san francisco and it, the tenderloin still is still called the tenderloin in san mm-hmm. francisco but i never heard of that here in new york and it it's almost as old i you know it's the name's pretty much i think it was uh given to that area after the Civil War, and it was actually um, given a coin by a policeman, if I, rem- if I can recall. And uh, he, he gave the area its, its name. So what's your... Um, Don't evade my question. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to evade your question. No, you're getting, we're getting, I, I, we're I, getting I, a great I, history lesson here of New York, too, by the way. Well, because- I, I kind of think that all the images and various categories that I throw them into, they they all can kind of, you could all throw them up in the air mm-hmm. and they could kind of, they definitely could all go together. What am I trying to get at? I'm trying to find, I guess, there's that phrase that um, I always love that Robert, Robert Frank had about looking outside to look inside. Mm-hmm. Oh. That that's something that's always rang true. Okay, well, for me, that that's a nice segue into something I wanted to ask you about. So I looked on your blog or one of your websites, and you wrote, uh, "I'm going to quote this." So um, you said, "I know nothing better than to photograph what is close to home, my neighborhood, my commute to and from work, my hometown, New York City, and its boroughs." And then you wrote, which I found pretty profound: "In strangers on the street, I recognize a piece of myself within." So, so tell us what you mean by that. Well, that's, um, you're just saying that right now about boy, this is getting because this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. How I very much would like to take my work to the next level, and it's also, in some ways, how much am I really able to talk about my own personal history mm-hmm. and to put it out there in relation to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm in the midst of trying to come to terms with that, knowing that I have to, um, whether I can begin right now, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. But the closest thing um, is I can say is I could sometimes recognize in people, or at least for myself mm-hmm. that moment when they're kind of within themselves and thinking mm-hmm. even though they're out in the world and I feel that myself and trying to say or feel like a kinship mm-hmm. and knowing that they may feel alone or something and I recognize it and it's okay you know you and me were both photographing in this place where the population density is insane, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. And yet you can find these moments of peace. I, I find sometimes I could be the most at peace in a crowd of people. And yeah, so I, 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 tend, I tend lately sometimes to flip out. <laughs> and, I, and I have <laughs> to get it. We're I getting old and grouchy. Yes, no, I get I, that I gotta, too. But yeah, yeah know, no, there's a certain, there's a tolerance, yeah, the crowd. But I mean, like, you walk around in New York and everybody's... You're capturing the, I don't know, the sense of their personal space around them, even though they're 
surrounded by, I want to say insanity because I don't want to make, you know, hyperbolic statements about New York. But New York what is makes just, it so that some people are attuned to that and some people are not? Yeah. You know, and I think it comes from uh, something personal within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know for me, for me, I'm trying to trace this, this history of it for myself, mm-hmm. where it began and why. And was I born with this? Was it a result of certain things that had happened in my family? What is this? I'm I'm not sure yet. And so you're no. looking for that in others, to in find a way, it for or searching for it through them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a mirror, you know. Yeah. Like you, you, if you remember the seminal show at at MoMA some years ago, Mirrors and Windows. Mm-hmm. You know, a photograph can either be a window to something else or a mirror of the person who has taken the photograph and I sometimes wonder well photograph could sometimes act as both I mean or some images we take are windows and some images we take are mirrors and not so much in a way of an obvious like a self-portrait being a mirror but what can we find that's out there that mirrors what is going on in, inside of ourselves. Mm. I think, you know, I always, that's why I've always found that quote by Robert Frank so compelling, but it, it always really resonated with me. So that's interesting because, you know, again, I'm, I immerse myself in your work and one of the themes I see through a lot of pictures is reflections. You're, you're shooting through glass into somebody inside someplace. It's interesting. Or you're shooting like one of the, one of the shots that you seem to come back to a lot is photographing someone sitting in a bus stop, and those, yeah, those reflections um, from the glass of the bus stop. So you're you're really I'm gonna say taking that literally in some sense. In a way, and I, you know it, it, those images kind of made me think back to when I was. Uh, much younger when I was in school and I think I was working for a long time including myself somehow in things I photographed on the street and usually it was like my shadow Mm -hmm. and I did that for a really long time and I kind of wondered what that would be like to occasionally I look at those images and it's yeah it's a really it's a younger me but you know what happened if some of that started appearing now i can't mm-hmm. make it happen i think about it. it's in the back of my head but it's also part of this whole thing i feel like i'm going through now like how do i take what i'm doing and either go take it a little deeper take it deeper and further mm. and, and I don't know. Can, can can we do it with the things that we see outside? I, I really don't know. Keep looking. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, that's what yeah. I'm trying to do. You know, you just said that there's a, a picture I pulled out. Um, you've got so many pictures, it's hard for me to choose the best ones. But I, I pulled out a selection of stuff that I'd like to include on our blog page when we put the uh, podcast up. But there's one shot that is a little scary. And it's a shot. It's a vertical shot of... Um, I can't tell if you're looking into a store or something like that and your shadow is in the foreground and there's this little girl in the background 
Um, I can't tell if she's in a mirror or she's looking through a glass or something like that. And it's so obviously you, you know, because I know it's your head, but it's, it's obviously, and (laughs) and it's, it's ominous. It's this dark shadowed you, this little girl way in the background and it, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called, I I think it one's called hide and seek or something. Yeah, and and it's a play of like there's reflections because you're shooting through glass. There's the shadow. There's this girl who I is she really there or is she a picture? Is Actually, a, that, that was my shadow just on a uh, surround uh, plywood. Yeah, plywood panel. It's yeah, plywood panels that they put around construction. It's sites. a fantastic picture on so many levels. The longer I look at it and all the layers. And it's including all these things that you're talking about. It's the shadows, the reflections. the It's like a, a contrast of black and white. The little girl's wearing white and the shadow, you're black. You're so much bigger than she is. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's a really, you know, it captures a lot of what you're talking about. That, that was actually fair. That was pretty recent. Is it? Yeah. Oh, um, wow. And I, I, I kind of remembered. But it's funny because uh, you bring that up and I could see that being related to what I just talked about yeah. something that was a younger me and well it it's pretty strong picture and it's funny because it's one of those ones I wasn't sure whether to uh, process or not uh, what do you mean it, in terms of going you know it kind of put everything in a folder and I just kind of dump it in and sometimes things stick in your mind that you took that day. And some people say, oh, you should just leave these things, those things alone for a time and see if you still feel the same way about them, you know, in a a couple of months or a few weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I go through these things and I may see something and it, it just doesn't hit me. Then all of a sudden, like weeks later, I would just be scrolling through the folder and like, oh, what, where did that come from? <laughs> I kind of remember it, and all of a sudden it just comes together. Yeah. And so there's things to be said for letting things, as as they would say, marinate. Yeah, I was going to say percolate a little. Right, and things that sometimes are they're done when they're done. When they're done. You know, yeah. I guess really they're done when they're done. Even if it's done today, tonight, tomorrow, you know. That's interesting. Let me ask you. So, so we're, we're switched to manual here. So we do talk a little bit about tech. And so sure. we're just talking about processing. Your work goes between black and white and color. Do you have a, a reason that you do that? I know you're not just picking black and white on purpose or color on purpose. I mean, sorry. No. Randomly. You're, you're doing it on purpose. Excuse me. But there's a reason for it. So what are, what are your reasons? Okay. Until digital, I was totally black and white. Yeah. And that was kind of by default. It depended upon the film you bought. Right. Black and white, I could develop at home. I had a dark room, whatever. Color, digital, color was really by default. And you had to make a conscious choice whether to process it in black and white. Mm-hmm. So for a long time... When I went to digital, all I did was shoot in color. And occasionally, I might turn something black and white. I kind of felt funny about it at first because I felt like I was lying. Because <laughs> you didn't, you you didn't know, shoot in, uh, in I black didn't and white to begin black, with, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I guess more and more, I just 
became comfortable with. Some images just tell me they're going to be, they want to be what they're going to be. They want to be color. I mean, I have this woman uh, shot, this woman near Herald Square recently. She's in a blue down jacket against a blue background. And it's just about the blue, you know, right? Uh, maybe. And turning into black and white, I don't know. I think the color added a dimension that the black and white just didn't have. And then sometimes, God, just to get rid of all the color, it's just this. It's just the subject. um, It's just right there. When the color can become a distraction. Right. And it it just pops out. It just comes out at you. Oh, I see the shot. She's got a hood on and she's in front of this like light panel. Yeah, it's a something like sweet something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good decision. So you're really letting the subject and, and the uh, and sort of dictate what you're going yeah, to Yeah, you know, it's what I noticed, let's say with that with that image, I, I noticed her, but I immediately noticed all the blue. Right. And like, it can only be blue. It would have been a disservice <laughs> to, to turn it black. Well, and New York is a very colorful town, and sometimes that color has to has to come through. Right. I think. Right. So here we go. Let's gear out a little bit. But okay. I know you're shooting something small because I see it in the reflection. What is your main camera of choice, if I may ask? I'm really, I'm really curious about this for a while. Right now, I've been shooting pretty much with a Ricoh GR. You're still doing Rico, right? Yeah. I, I thought so. I've had a Rico, uh, a digital Rico since the, the original GR digital, the GRD as they called it. And before that, actually, um, I mean, I, I think my first digital was like, I think you had one too, a Nikon 5000. <laughs> Remember those? Oh, you're really dating us here. Yes. And then Everybody, uh, that, I'm going to go out so, and take some Geritol now. Sir. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was, well, that was affordable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But man, you, you press the shutter and whatever you took a picture of would have been home, <laughs> you know, <laughs> by the time the, the shutter fired. And uh, I think the first really great uh, little digital I picked up was the first, the first Panasonic, the LX1. Yep. That thing was just, you pressed it, it took a picture. It was really, really instantaneous. I still have my LX3, by the way. Ah, that was I, I haven't charged camera. the batteries in a while, but it's a, it's a great little camera. Yes. Did you like the, I think, didn't you have the, don't you have a Fuji? Yeah, I'm getting getting all that, but uh, I carry with with me every day the GR yeah. and the Fuji. With um, I usually have the wide angle adapter with me. You have the what? The X100T as well. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and the 28. Uh, it's a, it's a great camera. It is a great camera, but it it seems like I'm guessing it seems like you seem to be shooting the Ryko more often. Yes, sometimes the. X100T is too big. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because back in the old days, that would have been a great. Yes. It's it's even smaller than a Leica M, you know, so. Are you letting the camera make decisions? Are you doing, are you shooting? No, I I, I do shoot manual. Into priority modes or? Rico has this great setting where um, it has that floating ISO. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much set the camera on a 
particular shutter speed, which are intimately changed uh, depending upon the light and a lens aperture, and it let the ISO go wherever it wants to go. Mm, yeah, so it's an auto ISO. It's, right, that auto ISO. And from us growing up in the film days, it's such a actually auto ISO is such a great thing because you know when you walked out with your camera, you could only have really one film. You just you just stuck with whatever you had in right. your camera at the time and all that limitation. At least you know it still is somewhat limiting in a way. I mean, sometimes a camera I'm, I'm shooting at ISO. Uh, 12,500, you know, mm -hmm. 12,500. I don't mind. It, may, it makes great uh, black and white file. Yeah. But, well, um, I said this before, and this is something I also admire about your work, is that while technically you don't seem to care, although you do care, okay? But I, have like, I have parameters. <laughs> no, you do have parameters, but you have some great shots that – like the person is right in the camera, they're out of focus, the background is in focus, but the shot works. You're not obsessed by the technical, is what I got to well, say. I, At least not from what I can see in your pictures. Sometimes I get a little annoyed with a scenario like uh, like you just mentioned. Because mm -hmm. if I had a, a totally manual focusing camera with me, I know if I was going to do that, get that close, I just you know, rack right. the lens all the way back and right. be right there. Uh, the Ricoh and to an extent the Fuji bug me about this. If you want to get that close, you have to throw it on the macro. Right. And then it's not instantaneous anymore. Then it starts hunting. I tried that a few times and it just kind of hunts or it's totally – it's taking a shot, but and I got the guy's the back of the guy's hair or his ear or something. I didn't I didn't get the face. Like the shutter fired, but it it didn't focus. It's it's not it doesn't focus fast. In right, the I know that. That's my frustration with it. But I'm looking at this shot, and you call it. Hang on, based on the guy's what he's wearing. Uh, Roca wear Broadway, right? Oh yeah. And he's yeah. right. You're right in front of him. Actually. I was closer to him than what the photo kind of suggests. Oh, really? So you're in this guy's face. I'm uh, guessing it's a – I can't tell if he's a bus stop or not or you're actually right uh, there. No, he was – if I remember, he was walk. I was going to pick my son up after school and I was walking up Broadway. He walked across the street and I think we were under – I was under a scaffolding and he was pretty much – not even a, a foot away. Right, right. And I just picked up the camera and just, you know. So it's a, it's an example of the camera n not doing what you want, and yet you still posted the picture. And I think it works. He's relative. I wouldn't say he's out of focus, but the you can see that the focus is more towards the back. Right. But the shot works. And the cropping is really tight on his eyes, so you don't see the top of his head. Um, there's a lot of elements in the picture. There's a little wheel in the background. There's a guy over his shoulder. His nose was running, I think. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's why I thought there was a reflection. It's, I, it's I a just, little I just nose remember thinking, run. This guy's gonna bump into me. Right. He and is like, that's a. Oh, I don't. I don't need this right now. Right. But you posted yeah. it. You chose that shot. Yeah, I, I, li I liked his face. Yeah. I, I saw him walking, and I knew we were going to to intersect. 
and I really liked his face. And he seemed to be on a mission to get wherever he was going to go. And he, he was, you know, if I didn't move, keep walking, he would have walked right, right through me. Again, he's not, he's the subject. He's not in focus. You posted it. I think it, it's, you know, sometimes um, I think it's okay because it's, I think. I mean, I read stuff that a lot of people really get hung up on how sharp things are right. or have to be. And then you read like something like Cartier Bresson, you know. The quote focus is a, a bourgeois, bourgeois con- concept. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and uh, if you've seen some of uh, his work in the flesh, it's, it's not clinically sharp. It's, right. You know, and there's a feeling there. You know what's going on. Everything or the elements are there, the impression, and I, th- I think that's sometimes all you need, you know. I think you're right on with that, and I like the fact that you're not obsessed by it. I mean, you really, your style really pops out. I mean, I, when I see the picture scrolling in my my feed, if if I don't even look at you know who it is, I know it's your shot. You have a distinctive style in the way you're presenting your pictures and your processing and 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 just the subject matter that I know it and. When you're putting something that is, you know, some people might say it's not technically good. It doesn't matter because it's not the point. No, no, it's not the point. I, I think it's something I, I want someone to feel. Yeah. Basically. And, yeah. you know, I'm one of those people where everything I do is, is processed via raw. Uh-huh. And maybe that stems over from, uh, you know, analog film days, days where, you know, some of the cameras now produce such great JPEGs, but I, I don't know. I just still, I need to put something of my own hand, my own self within the image. Hmm. Otherwise it's just, it's not finished. So then it's someone else's image in a sense. In a way. Yeah. In a way. You just said about feeling and it just reminded me and I couldn't find this picture and hopefully you can find it and let me post it, but I think you posted it on Instagram, and it was this picture of a woman, and she looks like she was in tears. Oh, yeah. And um, I reposted it on Instagram, because yes. when I saw that picture, I started to cry. And I don't think I've, I don't, well, I mean, I've cried at a few pictures, but it doesn't happen that often that some picture evokes some emotion. It was uh, it was so emotion-filled for me that I asked you permission if I could repost it, just yeah, because it no, had such that. feeling in it. Yeah, that was uh, in the garment district. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm, I remember that image. I've, there's an area over there where I've gotten a, a couple of things where there's just people who are just, you know, I used to really stay away from homeless people or people mm-hmm. who seem to be uh, down and out, yeah. down and out. But I don't know. Lately, they're giving me something that I could really relate to. It's about, I guess, a shared experience. I don't know how else to explain it. Hmm. And it's not I'm not like I'm, I'm documenting this person because they're down and out and they're filthy and they're dirty or, or whatever. They're, they're really expressing some kind of a, an emotional content that I, I, either walking by that moment, I, I instantly recognize and I have to capture mm-hmm. there was such a poignant picture i you know i couldn't tell whether she was i couldn't tell what her disposition was in the photograph because i wasn't there but the human raw emotion there's another one i'm looking at right now which also evokes i mean it's because i'm an animal person but you have this guy 
on the ground. He looks like he's asking for money too, and he's hugging his dog. Oh on the, yeah, on the floor, yeah. and that, that that kind of stuff, the emotion of it, that is something we can all relate to. You seem to capture that. Pretty much every picture I look at of yours has something, oh. of some emotion in it, that I think people could resonate with. Well, thanks. I. I I like that to be true. <laughs> I like that. To, I like that to happen. I think it is true. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> um, whether or not everybody else agrees with me or not, that's that's up for other people to you know to to say. Sure. But for me, the the pictures resonate so much, and it doesn't matter that it's New York. You know, I think anybody can look at these pictures and really understand the feeling that you're capturing from everybody. And I think we all go through those emotions. I want to ask you one more question and we're getting to about an hour and uh, sure. I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but there was one thing that Tom suggested I ask. And so, <laughs> this is, this is from both of us in a way, but, but if you were to pick one of your pictures as evocative of your style, oh, uh, I know this is a really hard one, but what would be the one shot at least, you know, off the top of your head that, that strikes oh. you as something that says Keith. Oh, ah, <laughs> I, you know what? If someone asked me that question, I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, oh, man. Um, I mean, what is it? What is Maybe the fair question is that what is it that you find, which of the images you find is really strong in what you're trying to say about yourself? Like, which one reflects you lately? Lately? I don't. I kind of look at them and I, I feel I'm not quite there yet. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like, like you, I've been photographing for a long time and work has evolved. We go through different things in our, in our lives. And I don't know. I, I only, only feel like at this point in my life that things are finally seemingly starting to happen but i feel not, not my, within myself there yet yeah you know it's this thing whatever it may be that i'm still searching for so, so, <laughs> so all right so you're gonna let us guess and uh, try to figure out yeah it's a hard you know, question i'll tell you maybe it's 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 the image i i i posted today for instance one uh, uh on my blog called counting and uh, it, it shows this, um, there's actually two people. It's taken on a corner. It's also part of the Tenderloin, but it, it kind of relates in a way to a picture that I posted two days ago uh, about where I wrote uh, some reminiscing story about the neighborhood and my old neighborhood having lived downtown. And that uh, it's this one corner for some reason I really love, mm -hmm. and it's where Koreatown begins, and where uh, the old photo district used to begin going west, and it's part of the Tenderloin, Greeley Square, Koreatown. It's like it's one little corner. There's the the Martinique Hotel is right there, mm -hmm. and. I don't know what it is about that corner. Just maybe it's just the light this time of year. It hits there, and there's always seems to be interesting people hanging out there. And the other day was 
was this Asian-looking guy with a beard. And recently it was these two guys. Uh, they may be homeless. I don't know. But one is counting change. No. One is is um, facing and the other one is slightly around the corner. So maybe one, like I'm giving it all I can give. And yet there's still another part of me that maybe I just can't get to yet. I don't know. Oh. I'm not, maybe I'm not ready to face it. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's, you know, it's made me think that you, maybe you post the picture that you feel that you are that day. And every day yeah. is, even though it's evocative of your style, every day is a different you. And so maybe the question is answered by, yeah, looking at this is what, this is who you are today. Right. This is what's happening right now. Yeah. What I'm thinking about. It's interesting that you're finding this via, um, and I wish we had a better phrase for it, but shooting in the street. I know. And I, I think about, oh, you know, I could be shooting abstracts or, you know. How can you resonate with an abstract? I mean, I, I, not to put it down. I'm sorry. No, no, I understand what you're saying. Experience. But, I, you know, we live in a real world. And, I, you know, maybe that there was a, a time where my work was very abstract, a photographed n natural objects and things. And they were huge and they were big and they were kind of kinetic and they – they were very abstract, but if you peered into them, you could see vestiges of reality. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think the older we get, we're faced with real challenges, and you know, especially for me, uh, being an older father as well. Mm -hmm. All this for me comes into play. You know, what do I leave him? What 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 can I leave my son? God, I think I can talk to you for another hour, and maybe we will when we hang up. I mean, from the uh, – <laughs> I, you know, I want to bring this up to you. I talked to you about this offline, but I think when we get Tom to come back, um, maybe we can do uh, a street photography roundtable for a few other people. You said you know somebody, and I know a couple of people, and I think that might be a really interesting uh, episode. So you might be in for that at some point? Yes, Cool. Yeah, and maybe we can come up with uh, a. It'd be great. It'd be great. I really maybe we can love it. Sort of come up with a different idea of what to call the kind of photography we're doing. So we'll think about that. But we'll work on that later this uh, year. So, uh, Keith, it's been. This has been a great conversation, one for the ages, I think. Tony, thank you. Yeah. How can uh, the Switch to Manual audience find you? Where are you at? My blog. Well, I'm on Facebook at uh, Keith Goldstein Photography. And I'm also, I have my blog uh, on WordPress called keithgoldstein.me. That's all you have to type in and that should come up. And I try and post something there every day. Sometimes I write <laughs> if, uh, sometimes I don't, most times I don't, but I'm trying to write more. I think that uh, I'm trying to develop this it helps me with the work, and I like having dialogue. You know, it's, it's funny, Tony. We both live in New York City, and people would just assume that there's this huge community of artists, and we could just walk down the street and knock on someone's door or walk across the street, and there'd be a crowd of people on the corner that we could talk to. But we know that's not how New York works. And, and uh, you know, everyone kind of... They live in their neighborhood. They live where they live. They work where they work. They travel to and from. And you can get 
pretty isolated here. And, uh, you know, I think lately I've been trying to find community, but community, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. Yeah, I hear that. And part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is to sort of bring community back. So, you know, so I just want to say I welcome if anyone uh, visits my Facebook page or my blog, if they have a question or anything, you can find my email through there and I'd be more than happy to answer anything. So, Great. And uh, I, I definitely recommend going to keithgoldstein.me because that rabbit hole is deep. And you start <laughs> looking at the pictures and you just do not stop. And it has it's one of those non, you know, constantly scrolling kind of sites. So <laughs> I recommend doing that. So I was doing like half of today was, was looking at Keith's stuff. So Keith, thank you very much. Thank you, Tony. For, for uh, offering your time to us. And uh, next time we'll get, we'll get Tom on and uh, hopefully he's not uh, in school. So, <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds great. So everybody, you can uh, find us on our website at switchtomanual.com where we have links to, I don't know, we got Facebook links and we got Flickr links. Uh, any place you can find us, you can start from our website. Uh, we're on Twitter at switch the number two manual, so switch to manual. If you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, please, 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 please. Give us some reviews and some feedback. I think that's how we get our ratings up. Um, that's what I've heard other people say, so I'm saying it too. So do check us out there. And, um, you know, Tom and I are starting doing portfolio reviews. So you can check out our website. We've got four tiers of portfolio reviews. Basically, you send us your picture and or pictures, and uh, we give you uh, some professional feedback. We do have a free 99 version, so if you want to just test us out, uh, send us a link to one picture and uh, we'll give you a quick little one or two minute uh, feedback on it. So check us out at the switchtomanual.com site slash portfolio reviews. So anyway, uh, that's the end of this episode. Uh, it was great to have Keith on and uh, hopefully Tom will be back next time. And uh, from New York, I'm signing off and saying see you later and adios. Adios.